1: Welcome to the Staff and Grab Podcast. I'm Mike Stevens, sitting virtually across from me. is the one and only future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm
0: doing good. You're back. I'm so excited.
1: Back from a break. I was very tired after the uh, after the trade deadline, and uh, it was nice. You did a phenomenal job holding the fort down uh, while I was gone. Some incredible guests, some incredible episodes. Um, so just leaving leaving some big shoes for me to fill coming back in here hopefully i can do that
0: oh yeah you'll be able to do it mike worked like i want to say a solid 18 hours a day leading up to trade deadline and i was like this like you're tired i'm tired like i got you yeah please go and take a break
1: there was a solid i would say like tw- well there's a solid three days in like leading up to like the because trade the trade deadline was a friday so it was like the the Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday Liam trade that in line. I didn't leave my house. Yeah. Like I like I was. And then everything before that was just like you know, seven podcasts a week. Like friggin' like at least nine ten articles. It was it was crazy. So it was very nice to to get a little bit of a breather. But we're back. We're ready to rock. Um. So just just to to start off real quick here, um. I would say the biggest story in the league, is uh the Stahl Brothers um deciding not to being the latest uh. People to hide behind religion um, in order to marginalize a group of people, um, and we like the thing is about is we're not we're not gonna talk about that because a it's being talked about a lot lately by some extremely more eloquent voices than us. I would yeah. say, um, uh, read Pierre LeBron's piece in the Athletic. You can also I would say read my tweets during the game dunking on. Um, the Saul brothers, because they were funny. they're just, <laughs> and also, uh, Rachel had Brock McGillis on, uh, last episode to talk about, uh, you know, he's one of the leading voices in this. He is, you know, he is a gay man himself. Um, so, and, and they essentially spent the whole episode talking about, about, you know, the, uh, the fight for equality, uh, you know, in hockey. And I think that says basically everything we could have said. Um, and I'd rather not give their complete hypocrisy and, um, and just sort of like hate, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, any more airtime. So that's how we're going to uh, handle it. Exactly. So we're going to start off with, and, and unfortunately, we have to cover the um, the bad parts of hockey right off the hop. There's only one. Don't worry, um, and that it is uh, Coyotes minority owner uh, and alternate governor um, Andrew Bearaway, uh was arrested on Thursday. We're recording this on Saturday morning. He was arrested on Thursday night, or um, he spent a th- he's Rest on Thursday evening. He spent Thursday night in jail, um, on a strangul on a charge of felony strangulation and third degree assault. Um, he is, there is a, he posted $2,500, uh, like self-imposed bonds. So he, uh, after seeing a judge, but there's a court order. He is not allowed to have any contact with his wife, um, unless it's about their children and he is not allowed to consume alcohol. So I guess you can kind of read between the lines, about what might've transpired there, um, this is a bad situation, and one thing I want to note too before uh, before we open up the floor, I guess here is that there've been a lot of people on Twitter who look at this and they go, "All right, Andrew Barraway, like he he only has a five percent stake in the Coyotes. You know, he's not like they're trying to they're trying to you know distance him from the Coyotes by pointing to his ownership stake and mean like, oh, he's not even really involved. There are two people. I've, I looked at this on the official website. There are two people listed under Coyotes ownership on their official website. It is majority owner and and CEO or whatever uh, Alex Morello, and it is Andrew Behrman He is their alternate governor. Um, so yes, you can say that that he you know he has a five percent ownership stake, um, but he also but he also holds an official title and he's important enough with them to be one of two people to own ownerships uh, to be listed officially under their ownership. And he also was their majority owner and their CEO and their chairman from. Uh, uh, from December 31st, 2014 to July 29th, 2019. Uh, and he still own- owns a stake in the team. So this is not like, you know, a random dude, random guy who just kind of throws money on a pile and he's like, Oh, this is my 5% to make me some money. No, he had like a very hands-on role, um, leading like before. And also he is still their alternate governor. So yeah, the NHL suspended him and definitely pending more investigation.
0: I think the thing that bothers me the most about this is I saw that on a felony strangulation charge, he posted twenty five hundred dollar bail. And in Georgia yesterday, there were people that were being denied bail because they had mud on their shoes because they went to oh, a yeah, festival in a forest. So we're talking about a felony strangulation charge guy posting twenty five hundred dollar bond. And the cheapest bond set, I think, like four people got bond in that Georgia case, and it was all it's twenty grand, wasn't it? 25, thousand dollars oh
1: jesus christ um, and, okay. and then
0: they were denying people bond for things like having mud on their shoes wearing black clothing and um uh, having the jail support line like written on them or knowing it and i'm like okay so we have someone who is being charged with a felony and then we have people who gathered in a park and one of those people is still behind bars and the other one is not like that to me i think that's a much bigger conversation about how the justice system works, but it, it also shows like a, a felony charge is really serious. Like that's not, yes. that's not a joke. Like you have to, there's a misdemeanor for pretty much everything. And then it gets like kicked up to a felony. And and so you can't be minimizing his ownership stake. You can't minimize like really any of that at all. Like that's, that's your story you're walking a very fine line on a felony strangulation charge because the next step after that I was looking online is attempted murder. So...
1: Oh, jeez. Yeah,
0: like, you're walking a pretty fine line there, and we obviously don't have details, so, like, you can't speculate, but what I'm saying is, is, like, this is a very serious charge and should be taken as such. This is not a speeding ticket.
1: Yes, and also, too, so the NHL has suspended him um, indefinitely pending further investigation. We want to just, you know... That's the
0: correct decision. Well, essentially done. to
1: it happened right away, too. Like, so good for fr- like, good for that. <laughs> that's them. the first like, time
0: in NHL has gotten a suspension, right?
1: Yeah, it's and we'll talk about that in a, later. Um, but it's it's pretty remarkable that. Um, uh, yeah, th- that
0: Gary Bettman said we're not messing around.
1: Well, yeah, and it's just first of all, this is just another thing for the Coyotes to deal with. Um, but also and again, it's like the fact. OK, also, we want to say that none of these have been proven in court.
0: It's all like, alleged. Yeah. Well, so he has all alleged. Been just
1: uh, exactly, but he has been charged. He spent a night in jail. You know, he's all that. But um, so I think number one. I mean, again, like like this will have to be proven in court. But I mean, he has a court order to not have any contact with his wife and to not consume alcohol. Um, and so again, you know, everything alleged. But like, just read between the lines on that. Hmm, I, I I have a feeling those two things
0: are probably might related. Have been,
1: might have been part of the the equation here. Um, now this is like this is obviously not a uh, uh, like this has nothing to do with with his history of violence or anything. But it was interesting because it was pointed out to me, I think on Twitter yesterday, um, that it's been kind of a rough year for Andrew Barroway. Yes. Um, because uh, I'm not sure if you saw this as well, Rachel, but. Um, he he's had he's let's just say he's not exactly a real estate mogul, he's a hedge fund manager, yes, but his, he's he's not exactly a real estate mogul. Andrew Barraway, um, last year he sold a do you know the story by the way? I
0: do, but I want you to tell oh, it because okay. it's it's amazing.
1: Okay, I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask you certain questions, but not if you know it, then it's spoiled. But, um, so he, yeah, he's a hedge fund manager, uh, uh, he sold now, – now, keep in mind, he sold his gothic revival-style home just outside of Philadelphia for a whopping $9.26 million uh, in October of, of – twenty. just this past October of 2022. Now, that's a lot of money for a house. That is like, – yeah. Do you want to know how much much money he put into it to, to build it?
0: Oh, yeah, baby.
1: He spent $35 million to build this house.
0: That's, that is the real estate equivalent of Elon Musk buying Twitter and it immediately just tanking in value.
1: <laughs> this is, this guy, he, so he bought, tw- he bought the land, which is a, which is a, a 32 acre property, by the
0: Beautiful. way.
1: Qu- like, oh, like listening, like reading this house, like it's, a, it's, it, first of all, it's only six bedrooms, which is nuts. I thought it was going to be like 20. Um. Six bedroom home. It's uh, uh it's it's got a movie theater, a wine cellar with tasting rooms, a gym with glass doors, and an indoor lap pool. It also includes a hot tub on the grounds, a seven car garage, private tennis court, and trails designed for all terrain vehicles, as well as two historic buildings dating back to the seventeen hundreds. So pretty remarkable. Um, he spent twelve million dollars to buy the land in two thousand six, oh and then for the next couple of years, he spent an additional twenty three million dollars building his house. And he ended up selling it for like three for three quarters of what just it, what it cost him just to buy the land. It's been a rough year for Andrew Barraway. Yeah. Um, and again, I want to state that, yes, he has a five percent ownership stake um, in the Coyotes. So a lot of people maybe around the team or with the team or whatever, they're going to go, oh, you know, he was barely involved. Um, and that might be true. Like no, he might, because like, if
0: he's an alternate governor, he gets to attend the governor's meetings in, uh, like the board of governor's meetings. So he is very involved. Don't...
1: Exactly. So that's what I was going to say. Like, he is, like, people are going to say, "Oh, if I," and I believe, uh, uh, you know, a Coyotes reporter said, oh, he has no functional role. Cool. He's still one of only two people listed in their owner, like, in their staff directory for ownership. And on top of that, he is their alternate governor. So, and he was also their majority owner CEO, And chairman at one point as well, like up until... So Let's not not try and
0: minimize this. This is not about the coyotes, like we're not dunking on the coyotes. No, they they
1: have no control over this. It's not their fault, like...
0: Honestly, I feel really bad for them because it's like, oh look, another thing, just kick us while we're down. But like, you have to be in charge of your own actions and your own, like, body, and if you do something that is, that gets you criminally charged then you're going to have to answer for that. And he should have to answer for that. So like that, don't minimize it just because he only owns 5%. Like it doesn't make it any less deplorable.
1: Exactly. All right. Actually, I'm, I'm going to squeeze a little thing in here before we do our next thing. Because um, it just popped up on Twitter uh, for me is again, to remind me, Joe Biden hates the Leafs. I'm I not mean, sure if you saw so that. Funny. Do
0: you know why? Did you hear that? Yeah, them? because
1: he because the Leafs beat the Flyers uh in January. Now here's the thing. Every team has beaten the Flyers. It, so correct. I don't know so I don't know why he's singling out the Leafs, but Rachel, I popular. think it's <laughs> Rachel, I think it's fair to say MAGA twenty four twenty twenty four.
0: Let's. <laughs> did you also see him absolutely dunk on the conservatives yesterday? Because yes, that was I fantastic. Did. He was talking um, about gender equality in in the cabinet, and like everybody was applauding that because that is something to be applauded. And then he glared over the entire conservative party, like sitting down, and he's, and like, he's I like, "I would stand up if I were you."
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I literally have. That's what. That's the tweet that reminded me of this. Is is that in front? Like he's basically the conservative party sat down when talking about how the cabinet's 50% women. And he's like, even if you don't agree, I'd, I'd stand up if I were you. Because, <laughs> like, like,
0: you're on camera and we can see you.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, man, it's 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 nuts. But, hey, you know, like, uh, I, my, the first thing I thought of was that every, like, you know, Every friggin' like Alberta oil rig worker, you oh. know, who like is, is having a mental crisis right now. Yeah, Having a they're crisis like, of faith.
0: <laughs> do, we, do we like him? Do we not like him? Exactly. Yeah. It's that in their
1: mind, it's the heartbreaking, like, worst person you know makes, makes a, a good makes point. Good point. Um, all right. So he's just a spe- nice
0: old man. I don't, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's,
1: it's hilarious. Like, you know, after absolutely, it's all about the Leafs. He kn- the thing is, he knew that that's what was going to get him the standing O. He got briefed, clearly, and he knew oh. that's what it, that was what was oh. going to get him to standing out in the cabinet, hating on the Leafs. Well, it's not it's, even, it's, like, like think
0: about, like, when he was in the White House the first time, like, Obama was very in tune with professional sports. Like, that man knew what was going on, and so you'd have to think, like, professional sports was at least, like, a topic of conversation every once in a while between the two of them, like, just joshing back and forth or yeah. whatever. I, I actually feel like he might have a pretty good sense of humor.
1: Oh, he does, and, and Obama's a huge Chicago sports fan. Yeah. And Biden's a huge Philly sports fan. And they, those two, you know, those two, two cities don't like each other in any regard of, of sports. So that must have been a lot of fun. And I remember Obama would like, you know, people would come to the White House and he'd, he'd be like, yeah, you beat my Bulls. In 19- yeah, he's you know.
0: chirping. It's great.
1: Exactly. It's great. All right. Sticking in Alberta, though, um, and, and this has been a topic that, you know, has been brewing for the entire season. And now that it's the playoff stretch, I feel like it's important to, to bring it out. What the hell is going on in Calgary? like this is a this is a disaster. I've talked about this with Ryan Kennedy on a uh, on on the Hockey News podcast a bunch, but like, you know, just different sp- different perspectives here. Like, they are 6 points out of the second wild card spot right now. Um they have 22 losses by one goal this season. That is an NHL record. They continue to extend that record every time <laughs> they they lose. Like it's it's nuts. And someone posted a graph earlier this week about their their record and their overall per play. chance, I think. Pershanth, yeah. And it was since sutter went out of his way to like basically mock a rookie in after his debut um their record their their graph went like like pretty plateaued and then just like looked like the friggin behemoth at at Candace wonderland like the drop yeah it's like the grand
0: canyon just
1: boom it's been nuts what the heck what in the sweet heck is going on in calgary because this is a this is a nightmare yeah
0: so there's a couple of things first of all like you have a, a star player who goes from 115 points to 48. That's a problem. Uh, That's insane. Jonathan Huberto. Um, the one Extension goal losses, hasn't
1: even kicked in yet, by the way.
0: Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine under a different coach. Um, yeah. The 22 losses by one goal is interesting to me because traditionally, like in hockey circles, we think of that as not really being repeatable. Good um, luck. Yeah, you're usually going to regress to the mean at some point. So, like, even if you go 50-50, you have 11 one goal losses okay well that's a like or 11 wins like that's 11 more points they're five points in a playoff spot at that point so from from there like then you had the goaltending issues which have plagued them all season so i think it's a combination of things and it's all being exacerbated by the fact that they don't have a coach that is the guy that motivates you like all they would have needed is a bruce boudreaux run yeah and they'd be in the playoffs it, like we really probably wouldn't even be talking about it but when you combine like the goaltending issues plus the non-repeatable one-goal losses plus the Sutter angle like i think that's kind of just your recipe for for the grand canyon 18 wheeler
1: the goaltending issues are a serious like that is that is a franchise like it, if if you took the coach out of the equation and i do think that sutter's like Sutter's the to,
0: big problem here.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think Sutter's the biggest problem because I think all of the problems kind of, st- like, stem from him. Like, obviously, he's not making his goalies be terrible, but, like, at the same time, they have, and this also ties into, I'm, I'm just going to tie this into a different topic I wanted to ask you about. Um, we're just going to do a little remix on it here. Um, exactly. It's the it's the remix. Um, but no, but, like, they have, so Calgary has Dustin Wolf. In the minors, yes, he's 21, so he's still some like pretty young, but he has he's he has two full AHL seasons under his belt now, and he has produced unbelievable numbers.
0: He's the best goalie in their organization as of today.
1: Exactly, and they it, Jacob Markstrom and like first of all the the I, I I looked at it in their last 20 games the Flames have four regulation wins. They've lost. Um, like, and, and if you look at this as well, like their shots, they're actually, pre- they, they're generating a ton of shots and they're losing games, which means their goaltending is letting them down. Like they, they've lost, you know, they lost, they, they lost to, to the Golden Knights, 44, 43 shots, 38, 45, 39, 37, 37, you know, 57 in an OT loss to the Bruins, like stuff like that. It's. It seems like every time I turn on the Flames, they are like losing three to two, and they've put like forty-five shots on the on their opposing goalie. And and meanwhile, Markstrom's let in like two shots on like two goals on like eighteen shots. Um, but so I look at this and I go like Dustin Wolf. He's he's young. He's twenty one, but he he has two full seasons under his belt. Like this is not like a like a guy who's riding an unsustainable and he's hot streak.
0: Probably the best goaltender in the AHL for those. He will guys. win.
1: Yeah, uh, it'll be it'll, it'll be, be him tough. or
0: Jesper Volstead.
1: or or Askarov. Yeah. Maybe. So basically, yeah, the
0: three like top best goalies.
1: goalie prospects. But, but when you're but,
0: Dustin Wolf, like think about the two names we just mentioned: Askarov. That's a top fifteen pick. Volstead, That's yeah. a top twenty pick. Dustin Wolf being mentioned in the same breath as those two goaltenders tells you the level that he's at. I mean, I actually think really highly of Brad Tree Living. Like, if you look at how well he did in the Kachuk deal, um, like he's one of those those GMs that I think doesn't get a lot of credit for what he does. I think he's a pretty good GM. It's not his fault that like Daryl Sutter is. Criticizing the way he does. And from what I understand, like I w- was looking back, I think Sutter was more of an ownership decision than it was a Bradtree Living decision. Yes.
1: Murray um, Edwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So for me, like I look at that and I there's probably a part of me that I mean, there's probably a part of Bradtree Living that wants Dustin Wolf in the net. But right now you have Jacob Markstrom who signed for three more years, and then you sign Dan Vladar to a two point two million dollar yeah. deal. Like, where is Dustin Wolf gonna play? You going to trade Vladar away? Like he has to be in the NHL next year.
1: He has to. Uh, like, I want to look at. Like, the, okay, the biggest thing against him is his size. Um, he's six feet, like on the dot, and he only weighs one hundred and fifty six pounds. That doesn't really matter for goalies, but still, like, like no, that goalies is goalies can is,
0: lose like I think Thatcher Demko loses like eight pounds a game. Like, of yeah, water. like yeah, like it, every it, goalie, yeah.
1: every, even like Matt Murray, like his 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 equipment makes him look huge. If you look at him, like I've spoken, he looks like. He looks like me. He, he, he's, he's a, a bone rack.
0: Yeah, he's Yeah, a he stick. might,
1: like, like he might weigh less than you, and you you do, do not weigh very much at all. Like, it is. But <laughs> I look at this, and I, like, Jacob Markstrom has started 50 games this year. He's an 889. Unusable. That, that yeah. is an unusable goaltender. Dan Vladar, he's only 25, which he started 23 games, appeared in 26. He's an 894. It's unusable. Like that unacceptable. that is Yeah, you unacceptable. Can.
0: That's AHL. That's literally like Spencer Martin's numbers.
1: Dustin Wolf, he had, he played 4 years in the WHL between uh 2017 and 2021. He had a 928, 936, 935 and a 940. All of those like the the middle two where he had 936, 935, he he started 61 and 46 games and then the other two he started 20 and 22. So huge, incredible stuff. Then he goes to the Stockton Heat last year. Um The AHL was still weird. Yes. Now that the AHL was still weird last year, like with COVID, like obviously the NHL was too. But so so, like you don't want to take a ton of stock into into players' numbers negatively. But then for a guy to succeed in those in those circumstances, pretty big. And he put up. He started forty seven games. He actually he got he got four assists. So good for him. Um, And he uh, and he he finished with a nine twenty four save percentage this year. 21, you know, coming into his prime here. He's, he's to right rock starts even more games. 49 gets another assist. Good. Playmaker. Good for him. Um, he has a 931 currently for the Calgary Wranglers. Like this is, this is a can, and, and keep in mind, he was one of the last picks of the draft. He was tw- 214th overall in yeah. 2019. So this is a remarkable story. Now I've, I've, I've been known to call my boss, um, you know the editor in chief of the Hockey News, because his thing is he he like he says short goalies will break your heart. I call him a height supremacist when it comes to goalies, um, because he he just like dried he dried in McKay. You know like uh, Alex Nadjalovich. No, any time a goalie is like under six foot two, he's like no thank you. It's the Drake meme where, where he's yeah. nodding yeah. So Dustin Wolf is only six feet. So is that literally the only reason why? Like they're they're so hesitant with him because you're in the middle of the playoff race and we've seen that a goal like that goalies can be inserted in here because other players don't have the book on them yet. They can just go on these absurd streaks and that could save your season at this point because basically every game they're playing is for their yeah, season.
0: So what I would say is, I mean, obviously I had the opportunity to learn from Ian Clark in uh, Vancouver, widely and correctly regarded as the best goaltending evaluator and coach in in the game. And, I mean, if you look at Jacob Markstrom now versus Jacob Markstrom with Ian Clark, the guy was nominated for the Vezina. Like, Yes. So, I- I- Ian sort of believed that, like, the ideal height for a goaltender is between 6'2 and 6'4. And, like, there's a lot of research to back that up. But then I think the other thing that, that should be pointed out, and it's something I'm, like, familiar with and it was easier for me to understand because it's something, like, I've dealt with. Um, you could be, like, six feet tall. But how long are your limbs? So, like, I'll give you an example. Yeah. So, for me, like, I'm 5'5. Five five, my limbs are 5'8. Like, they're the equivalent of a 5'8 person. So, if you're a six foot goalie, but like, Soros, and Soros is a great example, mm-hmm. Soros' limbs represent a goalie that's six foot three.
1: Yeah. So, so you can make up for it. Right. Least. So, if yeah. Dustin
0: Wolf, and I don't have the parameters of Dustin Wolf's sizing but i would hazard to guess that he probably has six foot two or six foot three limbs he's also very athletic which is something that you you again you see in sorrows um they also play a more um athletic style like they're not jonathan quick who's here there and everywhere it's like very post to post it's very measured and controlled um but they use their athleticism to their advantage like they're able to play with their their legs in different spots than than some of your taller goaltenders. And so um it does come down to limbs. It also comes down to things like conditioning, um, ability to fight through screens like your puck tracking. Um and he is very good at all of those things. So I am not surprised to see him having the success he's having. My guess is they can't bring him up. Um I look, they do have the salary cap space. But they can't bring him up because then you'd be putting one of Ladar or Markstrom. Well, you'd actually be putting both of them on the bench and one in the press box. Because if you're gonna play Wolf, then you're gonna play him. And I Who think cares? I think that they're worried about the team dynamic there. And also, you can't forget, like, it's Sutter's Tree Living can bring up Wolf, but it's Sutter's choice and whether yeah. or not he plays. And that is a big one. Because look at what true. he did to Jacob Peltier. Like, are we are either one of us convinced that he's even gonna play Wolf?
1: I'm not trusting him with my kids. Exactly. You
0: know? So, can you blame Tree Living necessarily for not bringing him up?
1: No, no. I, I. This is why it all goes back to Sutter. Like, but the thing is, is if they're really worried about what it'll do to the team dynamic, like, I feel like missing the playoffs will do a lot worse to the team dynamic than, you know.
0: I think it'll but, actually be like a a big wake up call, and they'll actually get like some some change that they need.
1: They're like the like Sutter can't be back. No, he I just don't can't. Think so. it, but 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 he's the owner's guy. So it's just.
0: I guess we'll see, right?
1: I guess we'll see. All right, Canadians forward Mike Hoffman. Um, uh, very interesting video he put out uh, on on Twitter the other day. I believe it was on Instagram, but then it was posted to Twitter. Yeah. Basically, his face uh, looks horrible. He got cross-checked in the face by uh, uh, by Bruins player AJ Greer. Um, Hoffman ha- looks like he's got a ton of stitches. It's you know, it's gnarly. It looks
0: like Bane. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it looks like it looks like he's got like a bane mask attached to his face, but it's just his own flesh. It's gross. Yeah, um, and it's so like he's a bond going. Villain. Yes, it looks it looks brutal. He looks like he looks like the bottom half of Freddy Krueger's face. Like it's bad, and uh, and so he's essentially going. I'm serving a two game suspension now for cross checking um, uh, AJ Greer in the back of the head. Um, and AJ Greer got a one-game suspension uh, for cross-checking me directly into the face. And first. Rem
0: Pitlick got not even a hearing for elbowing Patrice Bergeron in the head.
1: Yes, which then caused Brad Marchand to turn into a mama bear and just. Which the I I kind of crap. love, but like that oh I, was, that dude that photo was goes awful. hard as hell. That photo goes yeah. hard as hell. Did you see that photo? Brad yes. Marchand just oh my god, dude! Like every and, Bruins fan should have that in their room. Like, and you
0: wonder why. Bruins fans adore him.
1: Well, I know exactly why Bruins fans ador- I know why Bruins fans adore every player on that roster. They're great. Yeah. Um but this so like to like me George-
0: any any cross check to the head whether it's the face or the back of the head it's still the the head and it needs to be suspended the same. So if you're suspending Hoffman 2 games, you need to suspend Greer 2 games. It's you make it blanket, right? So you just say if it's to the neck, it's X. If it's to the head, it's X, right? Austin Matthews got 2 games for cross-checking yes. Rasmus Dahlin. How is that and he got him in the back? How is that less like my only my only um thought is the maybe the reason that Greer didn't get a second game is because he got a five minute major in the actual game. And I know from like experience that the department of player safety, basically like if you're, if you get that major in the second period or earlier,
1: it takes a game away. It basically. takes a game off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: Whereas that like, if my, it's
0: in the third, then like you're done
1: in my, in my humble opinion, Rachel, you know, I'm just one man, but in my one man's humble opinion, that's extremely stupid. Uh, um, I didn't
0: say it wasn't.
1: No, I know. <laughs>
0: and Greg Waschinsky's piece earlier this week of like George Peros isn't sure if the opinion is out there that he's like that the Department of Player Safety is bad at their job. I'm like, are you living under a rock?
1: It would be genuinely um, like difficult. Again, I, I, we say this with the officiating, and I'm going to say this with player safety because player safety I think is even more of a threat just because it's
0: because they give the directive to the officials. Yes
1: exactly it's like the police it's like the like the the refs are like the the police force being bad you know and but the the player safety is like the the police chief (laughs) it's the system yeah like it is it goes the corruption goes right to the top and um no they are like like this is first of all they didn't even issue like a suspension for like three months basically in the season and yet we were seeing like just horrible violence happening on the ice tonight. Yeah, like, I night. think
0: George Peros, in the article, he was like, well, I think guys are adjusting. And I'm like, no, I think you're just not suspending them.
1: And then the thing, it, it all comes down, it's the same thing, and holy smokes, I don't know what is happening on my street, but it is just constant sirens. Anyone listening in their car, it is not the police. It is... It, there like, is th-
0: some stuff going down down in my This trigger. happens every
1: once in a while like in the afternoon usually because there's like there's a there's a shelter up the up the street so I'm just glad they're getting the help they need but not yeah. usually in the morning. I was like, "Hey, we're recording in the morning, it'll be quiet." Nope. Um anyway, but the but like what I and it goes back to the same with the officiating is there's no sort of like precedent for anything. Like it makes no sense that a guy gets cross-checked directly in the face um by a guy and then in retaliation goes back and and does it but in the back of the head which yes it's the head but it's more protected and then the guy who cross-checked the guy on the protected part of his head in retaliation to getting basically like sucker punched or sucked gets more games than the guy who did that. like it makes very
0: dumb and it's like i feel like you and i have this conversation every time there's a suspension like it's the same thing all the time they just aren't good at their job like they just aren't but I'm actually – I'm really glad that Mike Hoffman called it out because maybe this will good. lead to to more of that. I would like to see more of that.
1: It is – like I'm glad that people are, are – like slowly but surely NHL players are are like making their voices heard for causes that are important to them. Um, obviously, some are good and some are bad. Uh, but- Connor,
0: Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman, yes, uh, on Friday I thought um, – the statement on Pride statement. Yep. Uh, and Matthew I thought Matthew Kachucks was great, but yeah. Connor McDavid as the face of this game and and Sidney Crosby has done it in the past, but as the face of the game, like Connor McDavid coming out and saying like everybody's welcome here, I'm really excited for Pride night, like our guys are on board, like to have the face of the game say that is really really important.
1: And even with stuff that is just purely on ice and how like the game is played like at the, I was I was standing right next to him at the All-Star game when Sidney Crosby basically campaigned to get the 1 through 8 playoff seating back. Yeah. Um nor like a couple years ago he never would have said anything like that. And then Connor McDavid yesterday basically is like like I've I've had it with this. Like we need like we need best on best hockey. Like it, like and we has been Connor on McDavid, a roll
0: this week, eh?
1: Exactly. Like he's Go you know off like King. Finally, because Connor McDavid before and it, it really hurt his pers- his sort of like, uh, like 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 his image and his perception in my eyes was that he was always just this like I don't really care about anything like uh, like I have all this power but I'm going to say like oh whatever you know uh, pucks in deep but now he's actually
0: now he's speaking like no I'm done
1: <laughs> good for him I'm 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 happy for that um all right another one here uh, uh, is. So, uh, this, is, this is interesting because it was the most interesting um, trade, I think, that happened. Like, nonsensical, but like, everyone gave him the benefit of the doubt because they're the Tampa Bay Lightning. They know, what, they know what they're doing. It's yeah. when they gave up five, basically an entire draft class or middle draft class for Tanner Jeanneau. Yeah. Guy who had five goals in, I think at the time, it was like 54, 59 games. Um, and everyone went, okay, so Tampa's going to look at this guy. They clearly see something in him. Yeah, he had a good year last year. He was, it was on, on, it, it was, uh. Unsustainable shooting percentage uh, that drove yeah. his twenty-four goals last year, but still, whatever. Um, hey, Tampa see, clearly sees something. They've done this before. They'll plug him in. He'll be unstoppable. He'll work out perfectly. And he's got three points in fourteen games. He's averaging less than twelve minutes per night. If you look at his his wowies, his with or without you stats, all of his line mates are way better than he is when they're not not with him. And he's playing with with um, with good players. And he's getting over fifty percent offensive zone starts. And his possession numbers look terrible. Is, like, should we be, should we be worried?
0: Um, I would honestly, I'm not really worried right now. Um, because Tanner Janot is, he's a a quintessential, like, playoff guy. Whereas, like, I am, if I'm other teams, like, I'm skeptical that maybe some of my players disappear in the playoffs because they're not, built for the playoffs i think tanner janat is more built for the style that the lightning play in the playoffs in their bottom six and do i still think it was a bad trade yes i do um, but I would say I would wait to make the judgment similar to a guy like Corey Perry, like you're not getting Corey Perry for what he does in the regular season, you're getting Corey Perry for what he is in the playoffs and, and Pat Maroon and guys and, like, yeah. like in And like Joe Pavelski, although he's having a, a good season. Like what I would say is if Tanner Janot continues this performance in the playoffs, then yes, I'm absolutely concerned. But until then, no, I'm not concerned.
1: So there's this now there's this narrative going around because the Lightning have had it they've lost 12 of their last 17, Um, you know they they and today's the 10
0: year anniversary of John Cooper becoming head coach.
1: Hey, good for them. Um, Sorry, they've lost. uh, Yeah, they they've lost a ton recently. Um, Yeah, 12. I believe it's 12 of their last 17. Um, They have like they they only have a couple regulation wins in that time. Uh, One two. Three, four, five. They have five regulation wins in in that time. Uh, they just they just lost seven two to the Senators uh, uh, two nights ago. Yeah. Um, it's 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 not going great for them. They're they're playing like crap. And and to, and as well, like Stamkos, Kucherov, and Point were all benched for an entire period at one point uh, a couple weeks ago. There's a narrative that the Lightning don't care about these games. They've checked out. They're just gearing up for the playoffs. Yada yada yada. Um, should we like, should we buy into that? Is that because I feel like that's just, I, I feel like there's some it, truth to that.
0: It's hard not to, because I mean, everybody said that last year, like you're tired. Like I looked at it from a sports science perspective. Remember you and I were talking about this from a pure sports science perspective. Like they've had the three longest seasons yeah. in, in the last like few decades for a team because they've been to the cup final all three seasons and they were in the conference final the year before that so like there's there's a lot going on mm-hmm. um and so for me i have always thought like it's it's going to catch up to them like they're going to be tired right eventually it's going to be a problem i think this could be what we're seeing uh because like last year Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, Vasilevsky, Hedman were all performing at a really high level and I was like, I wonder, I wonder. But now, those guys aren't performing at mm-hmm. a high level and that's a concern because Tampa is not good enough to get by without those guys performing. Certainly not Vasilevsky. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I would say I'm a, far more concerned now than I was last year, but until... They aren't good in the playoffs. Like it's hard not to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've earned it. They've earned it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like they'll they'll, they'll likely turn a turn a switch and all that. They've earned the men the doubt. But at the same time, like it it can't just be like you can't just look at a team and go like, oh yeah, they're clearly they're clearly not trying. They're they're well, like coasting. Golden
0: State used to do that, right? They would just like after their seventy and or seventy two and nine season. Yeah. Steve Kerr was just like, "Nah, you're, you're sitting on the bench and then like, and yeah, like bam in the playoffs, Steph Curry, 42 minutes. Thanks for coming by. Like, yeah,
1: it, it, it's, there's definitely, there's definitely, you know, yeah, stuff to that, but it's also like, like how I feel like in hockey too, you can't just like dog it for a long stretch and then, and then be expected to turn it on. I think right if when it matters.
0: any te- if any team can, it's going to be them.
1: No, absolutely. Like it's like the great teams, like the the Warriors example is perfect. Like the, the really great teams in recent sports memory. Like we've seen them do this and, but I like, honestly,
0: we'll see what happens.
1: Why don't they just go all in on the, the load management? Like, why don't they just like one of these days, they just, you know, they, they rescued.
0: I mean, the Leafs sat Morgan Riley, like they're clearly in on it.
1: And they won, which means that Morgan Riley is the problem. Oh
0: my god! I know. I was waiting for that. Like.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, dude, I was. Like, I was like, if they're gonna, if they win with Riley out of the lineup, like the the narratives, the oh takes god. are gonna. All be right, nuts. let's
0: have some fun. So. Yeah. Uh, while Mike was on his break, I put out a thing on Twitter, um, and I was like, "Hey, um, give us stuff like that you want." So people asked for like recipes, movie reviews, and like some fun. Mm-hmm. So I figure we'll have fun. Today. Okay, great. That'll so, be like fun. Mike's favorite movie right now, or the one at least I hear the most about, is The Batman.
1: What do you mean right now? It is my favorite movie.
0: Okay, Period. so Mike's favorite movie is The Batman. So what we're yes. gonna do is he has the entire NHL, cl- like conglomerate of players to pick from, and okay. he has to, based on like their personalities or their style of play or whatever, you have to pick a hockey player for each like big character in The Batman.
1: Oh boy! Right. Okay. In in the movie or any Batman character.
0: In in the like in the Batman movie. So you have
1: to. Oh, but there's so few. Ca- okay, 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 okay. I can do this. I um, mean, and if
0: you want to go rogue and be like, for the Joker, I'm picking this guy. Like that's fine too. Just like, you, yeah, have to okay. s- you have to stick to Batman characters.
1: Well, not not to be not to be a spoiler or anything here. So spoilers for the Batman's been out forever, but like the Joker does make an appearance in the Batman. So like it's like so yeah. I. I can say that. So obviously, the Joker's Brad Marchand, like, okay, without it, without a doubt, that guy just that guy loves to watch the world burn. He's an agent of chaos, like without a doubt, that guy right off the bat, Brad Marchand is, you know, a hundred percent. Now the thing about the thing about the Batman's Bruce Wayne, like Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne, is he's like, he's an antisocial little freak, you know, but he's like built, and he still kicks butt. But he's like this awkward dude, like. And I'm trying to think, like who? So
0: literally, McDavid.
1: I was gonna say like it's probably McDavid, where he's <laughs> like, just like this this weird looking dude, but he's like kicking butt all the time, yeah. and he lives in like a weird black and white gothic house. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, McDavid. McDavid. Now, I the Riddler.
0: Thinking, I was gonna say okay, so for the Riddler, or like like the Riddler and the Pe- who are the one who are the two that work together? Who are the two evil dudes that work together? It's Penguin I mean, and.
1: Well, the rib, uh, the penguin does. Oh, uh, it's it's Falcone and, and and Penguin. So
0: I was gonna say maybe those are the Kachuk brothers because like.
1: <laughs> they, <laughs> no, but there's a hatred between them. Like oh, there's that's a. True. And one of them is more senior than the other, so it's it might be like Falcone might be like Brent, like might be like Daryl Sutter, and the Penguin might be like
0: Brent Sutter.
1: <laughs> I don't. Okay. I think maybe the Penguin might be, like, Nazem Kadri. <laughs> like, okay. Like, Nazem, because they don't like each other, clearly. and and But, like, they play on the same team. But there's, like, there's beef and all that. Um, the Riddler, okay, the Riddler's really tough. Because the Riddler is, like, this this weird, like, antisocial friggin', like, vlogger. Like, like I'm trying to think of, like, a NHL player that gives me, like, incel vibes. You know what? Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington is the Ridley.
0: Because <laughs> nobody can figure out why he does what he does. Exactly.
1: And and like he's he he doesn't he he likes to to talk a big talk, but he do, he never actually himself gets his hands dirty. I like that. That's it. that's what he does. Um cat for Catwoman, that's tough. Um
0: just like a complete badass.
1: Complete badass. Um Catwoman might have to be And like
0: super like Fun and vibey.
1: Might I th- have to say, Emily Kaplan. Maybe
0: <laughs> I, uh, we're sticking to players.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, there's okay. So can I say like okay, so female hockey players then?
0: Yeah, you pick one. Okay,
1: great, great. Um,
0: I'm going. I have mine. I who's feel. yours? Sarah who's Nurse. Yours?
1: Yeah, Sarah Nurse is a lot of Kaplin vibes
0: because she's just a badass. Like every time I see her, I'm like, you are awesome.
1: I would say Hillary Knight too.
0: Oh yeah, Hillary Knight's a good one.
1: I I literally interviewed them both sitting next to each other at the All Star Game. And they both are great. Yeah, we'll go with that. And then the final uh, we are the final ones. Commissioner Gordon
0: and you have Alfred.
1: Oh oh yeah, and Alfred. Alfred um, It's
0: like Mark Giordano.
1: <laughs> can it be like like front office people? Because I would say like Alfred's like friggin Lou Lamorello. <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's like old he's old and i and like like alfred in the batman i guarantee if you dropped a bomb in front of him he'd survive it (laughs) you know (laughs) like and then oh man and then the one the last one's commissioner gordon i'm trying to think like i think he'd have to be a coach i'm trying to coaches with the best mustaches joel
0: quenville
1: (laughs) used to be joel quenville but no um,
0: but okay, but commissioner Gordon's kind of like, uh, a- oh,
1: well, he's not a commissioner yet. He's, he's, he's still, yeah. Okay. So I can say he's a player. Um, cause I was going to go like,
0: like, could you go like Rod Brindamore? Like,
1: oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rod Brindamore. Cause Rod, Br- like if anyone, if there's any coach in the league that I think would like literally like tag along with Batman to crime scenes and stuff, it would Rod. be Rod Brindamore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we got, yes, yeah, so we got Batman, like, Robert Pattinson, Batman, the weird anti-social little freak who's really good at what he does is Connor McDavid. David. Um, the incel, like, the incel, like, uh, talks the talk but never actually walks the walk is, is Jordan Bennington. Um, Sarah Nurse is Catwoman. Uh, Lou Landorella is Alfred. <laughs> Brad Marchand um,
0: is the Joker.
1: Brad Marchand is the Joker. Uh, Daryl Sutter and Nazem Kadri are Carmine Falcone and the Penguin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> am i missing a character here i don't think so i, I that's think everybody. we got it that's incredible i love that if so, if anyone is listening and can photoshop those heads into a poster for me that would be terrific um i will blow it up and literally hang it in my apartment that'd be great um on that note though rachel i think we've reached the end of the podcast um, uh, actually my father is is has arrived which means i have to go have coffee with him um so that's the end. Uh, this is awesome. It's great to be back. We will be obviously be back at the start of uh, – we recorded this on Saturday. we will be the start of next week. We'll be back. Um, and, yeah, you can find all these episodes, um, this one or past ones of this uh, this podcast or all of the Hockey News podcasts on uh, thehockeynews.com slash podcast, which is where all our archives are. Um, yeah, take care. Rachel, anything to leave the listeners with before we head out?
0: We will be back Tuesday with – Give us leave us uh movies that you want us to to make characters for because yeah that be movie that was book. a lot of fun. Yeah. all right. L- so listing be Jordan
1: bad. Bennington as the Riddler is maybe one of the funniest moments we've had in the hockey News era at the spot. so I I love it. Yeah.
0: All right. We will be back next time.
1: Peace.